फ्लोरिया The reason we are talking about this is that to understand what exactly has happened with Dheeraj Sahu. Remember the Congress MP on whose many premises income tax department in these multiple raids has recovered at least three hundred and fifty crore, fifty one crore rupees. So much cash that so that so many counting machines broke down. You've seen all this play out on your TV channels. To understand what's happened there. to understand how his economics works or might have worked to understand also why why the why this gives him and how this gives him his political clout you have to understand this tree mahua mahua or madhuka longifolia more importantly you have to understand the flower of the tree so see a picture of the tree and see also a picture of the flower mahua is a very autonomously growing tree it's found wild in these these zones it also yields lots of things so almost every part of a mahua tree can be used mahua mahua gives you seeds which are described as oleaginous oleaginous means what yields oil so these seeds yield oil again the, the botanical name of the family that the tree belongs to is sapotaceae sapotaceae i suspect in fact i'm quite sure it comes from saponification saponification is the process when you when you rub rub soap on something it creates foam basically the soaping process that's called saponification that is the chemical name for the soaping process that's why the family that this tree comes from is called sapotaceae the oil from the seeds is used to make soaps detergents as you would expect it is also used as a fuel oil particularly by tribals living in these zones also its seed cakes after all once the oil is taken out you are left with a lot of husk from the seed that is then made into converted into cakes that used as a fertilizer and you want to see more uses for this tree so a particular moth called anthera puffia p a p h i a anthera puffia that feeds on the flower of this tree and that moth is the one that produces what you know as tussar silk all of us are familiar with this fine indian original native silk called tussar silk so that also depends on mahua growing mahua growing in the wild in these zones where does mahua grow mahua is a tree which is found all across central eastern india also parts of southern india particularly on the eastern side generally you would say if you take out the northeast because northeast also has tribal populations in many states in the rest of the country in the next to the hindi heartland between the hindi heartland and the southeastern regions the entire heartland of indian tribes i would call it the indian tribal heartland remember india has 8% of its population that is classified as scheduled tribe that makes it almost 11 12 crore people right 
that is a larger tribal population than any place in the world. A bulk of that population lives in this area, in sort of east central area. So you can see the map of India. You have Jharkhand, Chhattisgarh, Telangana, Andhra Pradesh, in between the large territory, large tribal territory of Odisha, not along the coast, but Odisha inland and also parts of West Bengal. And then it goes on to some of the, some of the abutting states. For example, parts of Madhya Pradesh have tribal population, parts of Bihar also have tribal population. So this is the east central tribal heartland of India. And the Mahua tree is critical to this tribal heartland. How does this give us a window or, or an insight into Dheeraj Sahu's business? Now, Mahua is used to make country liquor. It is not Indian-made foreign liquor as it's called. It's not like what used to be Sola Number no. 1, Officer's Choice, not like that. I'm sorry to be mentioning some brand names, but presume that these are these are brand names of, 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 of mineral waters going by the same brands. If you see commercials in your TV, I shouldn't be promoting, I should not be talking about liquor brands. These are, however, country-made liquors. They, these are not Indian-made foreign liquor and certainly these are not like imported liquors. These are in fact, in many cases, these liquors are not even distilled. In Odisha, in the coastal areas, the tribals may distill this, but in inland districts, they don't distill this. It's too expensive to distill this. How, how exactly then is this liquor produced? So Mahua flowers are collected by the poorest of tribals. It's like a daily pursuit. A lot of our tribals, they are very poor people. A lot of our tribals make their living a very modest, a very humble, very minimal living by collecting produce from the forest. That's why it is said that they have the biggest stake in the forest. So they go and collect these flowers. You can see the picture of these flowers. Flowers are sizable. They are sort of succulent. If you squeeze them, something will come out of them, like a sap will come out of them. And if you feel it, which I have done, if you feel it, you might feel that it's a little bit sticky. That's because it's filled with natural sugar of its own. These flowers are then bought by liquor manufacturers, by country liquor manufacturers by the quintal. These flowers can be bought by, brought by tribals to the local mandi. They can also be sourced through agents. And you can understand if there is so much, so much poverty and so much such disorganized business, you can see that somebody who's in the liquor business could be running his own groups of people collecting these tribals who will go and pick up this flower and pay them some, some money, maybe 30 rupees a day, 40 rupees a day, maybe these days 100 rupees a day, 150 rupees, rupees a day, or maybe, maybe, maybe for some people it will be reckoned as a daily wage, for some people it will be reckoned as per kilo, per kilo payout. So this flower is then collected and this flower is then thrown into a pond. It is thrown into a pond, flowers, the pond is being recycled. New flowers are thrown in in the same pond where earlier flowers were sitting. It's like your local halwai or your, or your handcart handcart chatwala who's making samosas he takes out one lot of samosas or one lot of kachoris or one one lot of puris from one kadhai and then puts another one while the same oil keeps boiling so something like that is done in this case also so all this all these flowers by the tens of quintals they are brought in and thrown into these ponds these fermentation ponds there in the Hot season, it takes about five days for them to start yielding yeast. Why is it useful to use water or residue from the earlier, earlier lot of flowers that was taken out? Because there is already plenty of yeast sitting there and yeast is needed for fermentation. 
so these flowers then then start releasing their sugar which then begins to ferment and rises to the top this fermented sugar the process of fermentation of sugar as we know produces alcohol now in most of the businesses that the sahu family was running this was not distilled in some cases it is distilled madhya pradesh government in fact i will share with you a link from a story in contenas traveler that tells us that madhya pradesh government actually has declared mahua liquor to be a heritage liquor of india they have also produced a brand from it called mond m o n d and this article also tells you where you can buy it our bhopal correspondent iram siddiqui had actually done a story on mond of which also i am sharing a link with you you will see the screenshot on your screens remember however that that mond is produced after distillation so some more some more input has gone into that also it's come out of a more proper factory in this case because it's coming straight from the pond so to say you don't require such an elaborate factory or a plant so the sahus have a whole bunch of these of the 64 such plants small plants or what is called as mod bhattis mod bhattis bhatti if you are making bricks on it you can call it a brick kiln like a kiln or you can just call it a kitchen right but that is where this stuff is brewing and this stuff is then boiled this stuff is boiled and then it's not filled into bottles it's filled into poly packs these poly packs see one of the pictures of one of these poly packs these poly poly packs each one contains 180 ml each 180 ml that's a little less than your normal glass of water 180 ml this 180 ml costs about 15 rupees to produce but sells in the market for about 30 to 35 rupees everything however in this in this entire chain is done in cash that means the tribal who collects the flowers in paid in cash the middleman who gets the flowers to the to to the liquor maker is also paid in cash the liquor the liquor maker paid his employees or his labor our reporter mayank kumar who had gone traveling through bolangir district of odisha following the story and i am taking a lot of my gyan from his story and i have also debriefed him even people who work in these small plants as i told you these are not huge plants so each such plant with 50 workers and each of the 12 hour shifts can produce 10000 pouches of this country made liquor a day now you can see that the profit on this is a straight forward 100 something percent because if it's costing you 15 rupees and that also might be a generous estimate maybe it will cost you less because there is a little twist there that i am coming to even then it's a very profitable business again if you are selling a pouch like this to a tribal because this is something which is based on produce of tribal areas and tree growing naturally in tribal areas it's collected by poorest tribals it is sold there itself it's 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 then it's then brewed in these primitive ponds prim, primitive ponds which cost nothing and then is boiled in these bhattis in these bhattis or furnaces essentially large are poured in large large scale large size kadhais and let it boil for some time and then packed so i don't know how much cost it really has but the profit is very high now again as these are sold this will also be sold in cash because i don't see any tribal maybe the odd one does it but i don't see any tribal in those areas then be paying you by upi by google pay or something like that right the tribal will get his or her days wages or income and go and buy this stuff that's why the whole chain works on cash there is one part of the business however that does not run on cash 
and that is the part where the interface with the government comes in now you might think the liquor business is heavily regulated and controlled by the government everywhere that's why you have liquor barons in punjab haryana uttar pradesh those are the ones we know in the neighborhood of delhi and these liquor barons that become hoteliers they become in some cases they launch airlines they do all kinds of things they build they build shopping malls big shopping malls often named after themselves or their companies and more often they're not become politicians and rajya sabha members nothing very different has happened in this case that's how dhiraj sahu has also become a rajya sabha member so in, you might think that because of because because of the experience that we have of all these states government controls liquor liquor trade very tightly so government auctions liquor vents then also sets limits to how much liquor can be sold at what price you are seeing all of that's going on with the delhi liquor policy for example manish sodia sanjay singh other people are in jail this case is going on all of it tells you right or wrong it tells you that liquor business is very heavily overseen and controlled by the government not in this case why not in this case because it is after all a tribal rural native product at a very small scale so what does the government do in this case government says all right you go and collect these flowers you buy these flowers you pay me a license fee that license fee is about 3 to 8 lakh rupees for a license that license doesn't say how much you can produce that is one of the flaws in the scheme as it now turns out and that's what some of the former civil servants have told mayank also so once you get this license now in these parts 3 to 8 lakhs is a lot of money so if somebody can go and buy 10 licenses like that in various districts or 20 licenses it's unlikely that a local tribal who might want to make some mahua by himself because his liquor is called mahua who may want to make some mahua by itself he gets priced out of the market so once you have the license then you can start buying your flower once uh, once again when you buy the flower chances are it's all done in cash so the the price of flower depending on the season and supply etc would be rupees 2000 to 3000 per quintal and once you buy it on top of it this is where again you get into the structured government system you can't do it by cash again on top of it you have to pay excise to the government so government comes in at two stages one for you to get a get a basic license i have the license you have the license shekhar gupta to possess a gun when i have the, once i have that license i go and buy a gun for buying that gun i pay the seller of the gun but then to have that gun because i bought that gun based on the price that i paid for that gun i will then pay the government a tax which is what which is what the liquor maker does in this case so first a license for 3 to 8 lakh rupees second he buys he or they buy these flowers these mahua flowers at 2 to 3000 rupees a quintal and then they pay an excise to the government of 1450 rupees 1450 a quintal take take yourself sort of mentally transport yourself to the fastnesses or the wild fastnesses of east central india with so much poverty all these tribal lands so little administration and you can imagine that a lot of this who's going to be there to correctly estimate each time how many quintals have you bought how many pouches have you produced from it how many have you sold in any case all of that business will be in cash so that is where viraj sahu his family's cash has come from now what happens suppose i i pay money to the government to get a license i don't get that much mahua suppose it's priced out of the market 
then government also gives you a minimum guarantee. That means, for example, for each thousand rupees that you paid as license fees, the government makes available to you or promises to make available to you at least 0.786. How they came at that number, I don't know. 0.786 quintal of mahua flowers. But then it puts no limit to how much more you can buy. And that's why this becomes a completely unregulated market, which is impossible to estimate the current estimate that, that, we, that we have on the authority. It's an estimation on the authority of Sudarshan Nayak, who is a former IS officer, who between 2006 and 2012 was excise commissioner of Odisha. He has said to Mayank Kumar in that story, he said that this, this business has three problems. One, there is, there is concentration of power with one licensee or maybe one or two licensees. So it's not widespread enough. Number two, there is no transparent way of keeping an eye or keeping an estimate of how much is being manufactured. And number three, three in the law, in the regulations, there is no maximum amount fixed as to how much a person can or, or a company can produce. Now, how, how, how powerful the Sahus are, the, the company is called Baldev Sahu and Sons. That was the father of Dheeraj Sahu. That company was set up in 1954 and he was already quite a sizable local presence. In fact, the local legend has it that he had once taken during still in British days or maybe towards the end of the British days, he had taken Dr. Rajendra Prasad, who was a sizable local leader and later became president of India, India, the first president of India. He had taken him on his bike to Dalton Gunge and his bike at that point was not some Chota Vada bike. It was a BSA. So those legends float there. This is a family of some consequence. And like all liquor barons, these ones also, the Sahus also have many other businesses from hotels to hospitals. So maybe tomorrow, tomorrow, if they are described on Wikipedia or, or maybe, or maybe one of the business channels, they'll be called from country liquor, from country liquor to hospitality giant, right? Something like that. So this company was set up in 1954. Now, if you look at the size of this company, now the operation of the 64 such plants or moth bhattis that these are called making, making this mahua country liquor, 46 are owned by the Sahu family. So that gives you a story of the domination of the Sahu family. And Sahu family is not even from Odisha. They are from Lohar Daga in Jharkhand. That's also a tribal area about 70 kilometers from, from Rachi. So they control the strait, not just in Odisha, but they also, they also have a big foot, footprint in adjoining tri tribal zones. Again, see the map of this region on your screens. You see Odisha, you see Odisha, that is that is the heart of the story because that's where the raids have taken place. Now, to the northeast of Odisha, West Bengal, those are tribal districts of West Bengal. To the northwest of Odisha, there is Jharkhand, again tribal districts of Jharkhand. And to the west is the entire tribal expanse of Chhattisgarh. Then southeast is Andhra Pradesh and southwest is Telangana. Again, these are the tribal districts of these states. So this is really, that's the reason we call it the tribal heartland of India. And there, the favorite drink everywhere is country-made liquor. Liquor is made, country liquor is made from many things, but mahua is among the most favorite things. That's why you find the metaphor of mahua in so much of our folk music and folklore. So I thought you've seen all those pictures of the money coming out of all kinds of places, the struggle that the raiding parties had in counting that money. We watched it all voyeuristically. We've also seen the defense from Mr. Sahu himself, Dheeraj Sahu, who has said this belongs to my various companies. 
he's not denied that it's his company's money but he claims he'll account for it but that besides the point you've seen all that money so i was wondering and i'm sure many of you are wondering also where has this money come from this money has not come from running licensed vents of liquor manufactured in distillery on the basis of government auctions and government licenses this is this is really a cottage industry which is run at the most basic the most fundamental level of our tribal economics and since we are talking about tribal way of life and country liquor that the tribals drink and how important it is for them so once again my reminder i've told you this story before but once again my reminder to you the the reason nationwide prohibition was not enforced in india in our constitution is because of one tribal there that was jaypal singh munda brilliant man he was also the captain of the indian hockey team that won the first gold medal and a man of many other talents so jaypal singh munda was a member of the constituent assembly and he heard all of all this clamor that this is a country that which is being inherited inherited from gandhi gandhi created the new india so new india must constitutionally ban liquor consumption and he said you can't do it because i am a tribal for us tribals it's a way of life you can't take away our way of life so if you don't have enforced pan national prohibition constitutionally mandated it's thanks to jaypal singh munda a tribal generally from this region in his case from jharkhand and also he's the one who saved us not just from compulsory constitutionally mandated prohibition all over india also from a wretched life of living in bootleggers and the underground business liquor business of our own because you remember parts of india they have prohibition actually have the highest amount of liquor consumption that includes the state of gujarat for example and i can tell you from my travels in pakistan that is never a problem in pakistan as well so the other important thing to remember is that with this business it's done at a very disorganized local innocent level but the fact is that we don't hear of these big huge tragedies because whatever it is the the tribals and the local businesses also that make this liquor stay close to the to the real product they don't try to mix it up with other spirits and other poisonous things and once again when you ban these things this creates black markets mafias because black markets create their own arbitrage and that is how a lot of things go wrong in the tribal societies all of this has been has been handled at a very innocent level but maybe maybe the sahu case now is a reminder that some structure has to be put into this i will only hope and this is opinion now i i will only hope that that this is not something which is now which is now attacked with the bureaucratic solution of virtue signaling of creating the perfect world in tribal lands by regulating it too much because what that will also do is create another another system of arbitrage bribery and exploitation in this case by local level bureaucracies and inspectors